Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here, my friend. I'm glad you're here with another opportunity to talk to all of our friends about how to improve themselves through coaching. You and really not only get a promotion and make more mm-hmm. money, but really kind of find what their potential is. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, and that's the that's the what we're going to talk about today is really someone I talked to recently, and he's going to actually be on the next uh, one to two podcast, and uh, just the success that he had with the uh, with this process and what it did for his career. Now I ask you this every time, but I, it's really important for people to know: mm-hmm. why are you so jazzed up about coaching itself? Uh, just to see the results that it's had. Um, I've been consulting, working with, you know, I was used to be a CEO, worked with folks, never had the success that I did. Once I started to learn how to coach, uh, the impact it made on people's lives, both financially, the uh, the performance of the organization, um, the retention rate of, of an organization that's improved. It was just remarkable to see uh, just the, how much the organization improved mm-hmm. because they were able to coach more effectively. Th- that's had to been... A complete light bulb that went off above your head. I don't know if it went off. It was kind of like a dim bulb at first, <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of got brighter as you get more a cluster of a more evidence. I see. As you got more and more, as I got more and more evidence, and I said, "And this works." And then I mm-hmm. got more and more evidence, and this really works. And I got more and more evidence, and this really works. And then I got to the point where you know it was almost like magic. It's like when when an organization becomes a coaching culture, uh-huh. uh, it is truly remarkable to see the results and how it how it has a transformation in the entire organization. Well, those of us who have done training in the past, we. We're there because we really want to help people. Right. And seeing that coaching really impacts those people had to been very exciting. So it, I'm, glad you're, I'm glad you're um, still talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I can't see me stopping this. This will be what I would do the rest of my life is is coaching folks and helping helping them create a coaching culture for the organization. Well, we have another episode here mm-hmm. that will help folks with that task, and, and they can do it for themselves. Because you, right. you have – Talk to a real life example, mm-hmm. um, and you've you've said many examples mm-hmm. where this has helped, but this is a real specific one. Real specific example. Um, I wanted to interview a coach, so I contacted Mike Bray, who uh, used to be the VP at Sprint. Now he has a consulting firm called Accelerant, and uh, he does coaching for executives. I certainly I work not just with the executives; I work with the entire team. So I have a little bit of different focus. I'll do some CEO levels. I'll do management levels. I'll do supervisor levels. I work with all the levels of the organization where a lot of coaches will, but I don't, you know, they coach just, you know, an individual. I, I do team coaching. I coach, I teach the organization how to coach, which is a little bit different yeah. formula for the process. And I just kind of fell upon that on sheer mistake, really, to tell uh-huh. you the truth. But so then I reached out to Mike and he's going to do a couple of episodes for us after this one. But I kind of wanted to introduce the concepts that he talked about and kind of what it did for his career. And the next episode that we have, um, I interviewed him and I asked him, OK, what did this do for you career wise? And he said, uh, well, the first thing he was you know, kind of getting the executive leadership role at Sprint. And so one of the things they did is they reached out to him and said, you need a, you need a mentor. So they went looking around for a mentor and they found a, a gentleman that used to work with General Motors. He was now retired. And he was going to work with Mike to help him with his leadership styles. And one of the things that he did is he handed him an article uh, called the McGregor article. And those folks that in organizational behavior are going to know exactly where this article is from. Uh, it was published in the first time in, in uh, 1976. Okay. Uh, 
And then it was again uh, put in a in a book called Organizational Dynamics, uh, volume or or excuse me, uh, Organizational Dynamics, volume twenty four. Um, and it's basically, but the author is uh, Carlisle, Ar- Arthur Elliot Carlisle, and it's just a great article about uh, McGregor. He was a manager at a refinery, uh, one of the largest refineries in the country, and how he used his leadership style, which is basically a coaching style, to make a tremendous impact in his organization. So. Uh, one of the things he recognized that he was very directive in command control, and he recognized by asking questions, he could have a dramatic impact on the performance mm. of his employees. And so really when they would come to him and they would ask him, you know, what should I do? He would say, what do you think you should do? What's the data? What do your, what do your colleagues say? Uh, what do your, what do your subordinates say? What do you think, you know, are there any, uh, problems with this decision? You know, you make the decision going back to the concept. I think we talked about this at a podcast a while back, but only do what only you can do. Mm. And so McGregor was going to spend his time working on high level organizational functions and have his team work on those operational issues and making them make those operational decisions. And so he goes through that, and the author here basically goes through and interviews his folks, is the, the essence of the article. And so we're actually going to put the link of the article in the um, uh, in our in, in, in the, the description of this in of the description episode. of the podcast, yeah. right? So you can go back and see the article. But just from the information I described, you'll you'll get that. And so it's a little bit of a satire on that, but just shows the results that he got. And you know, one of the things that the management uh, consultant asked. Uh, McGregor's employees is, you know, you have much turnover here. And he goes, yeah, we do have quite a bit of turnover. And he goes, well, why do people leave? And he goes, well, mostly they get promoted. Oh. And, you know, the organization sees that. And that's really what Mike Bray talked about, too, is once he once he got the mentor and he started using this model, you know, he was basically managing eight people. Uh, and by the time he left Sprint, he was overseeing literally thousands of people uh, underneath his division. So McGregor used this technique mm-hmm. used a lot of questions, which right. you, if you're following along at home, folks, that's right. about the millionth time we've mentioned we've said questions, that, right. the power but of it, questions, but it's so powerful. Right. And then there did an article about it. Right. Then a GM, um, executive read it. Then mm-hmm. he coached Mike. Right. And Mike has shown it to other people. You right. can hear more about that next episode. Right. But you're telling us now. You're telling us the link and giving us the system. Right. So you're really spreading the message. And it's really a way, you know, the people who listen to this are, uh, you know, I've got tons of people now listening to this podcast. And one of the things that we want to teach them is some techniques on how to give them more resources so they can convince the folks that they work with this model works. Yeah. This has an impact on your career. Yeah, because we could... I mean, every every week people could listen and go, "Yeah, I'd like to do that." But this is this will help them tell all their coworkers and their right. team members, "Hey, let's do this." Right? Because you can print okay, this article it. off. You can print the article off, and I highly recommend you do that. Mm-hmm. Give it to your colleagues, have them read it. Because that was a thing that Mike did. He 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 got a copy of the article. His co- his mentor sent it to him. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. And when he when he read it. Uh, he really went back to HR and he says, I can't do this. You know, where, what value, <laughs> what value will I add to the organization if I do this? And, uh, and the HR manager says, well, you know, I'll let me read it. She read it. She came back to him. She goes, I really think you should do this. And so he goes, all right. And actually his mentor told him, he says, you know, Mike, I won't work with you if you don't, if you don't implement this model, this model is so important. I think it's so significant. I think it's so, um, critical to our, to success of executives that you have to do this. And so, uh, Mike signed on. And at first, you know, he was hesitant, you know, just like anyone is, a little reserved. Sure. Uh, But then once he started to see the results, the other thing is he talked about is he talked about his employees at first, 
you know, whenever I work with managers, and I and I have this as the the big resistor for managers, is when you start the process, and you start to get people involved, they they wonder who are you? The trust right. level's not there right. because you've managed this way, you've managed you know your old system, and now you're doing a new system, and they're like, well, where'd the old manager go? Mm-hmm. And and I and I see that as I so I'm working with managers now that are that are having that transition and they're changing their management style that their folks don't trust them at first. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to build that trust level and stay consistent and say, you know, and there's nothing wrong with giving your employees this article and to say, this is the model that I want to use. But I think another powerful concept, and I teach folks this too, is if you're trying to make personal change, it's okay to say to your employees, hey, hold me accountable to this. Right. If you see me not listening effectively as I should, it's okay mm-hmm. to say, really focus on listening on this, hear what they're saying. Um, and so you can have your employees hold you accountable. So that improves your performance and improves the I mean, performance that's, of the organization. That's the concept of um, recovery programs, 12-step right. programs, Weight Watchers. <laughs> I mean, that's that's right. it. Ask people to help you stay mm-hmm. accountable. Right. You know, keep me, keep me on track mm-hmm. so that I can be successful. And I just think that's such an important key. And so when he told me this story and the impact it made on his career uh, and and then when he left Sprint and, and he started his own consulting firm, that's the model he teaches because he's seen the impact uh, of why it's so incredibly powerful. So the so you, you would share the article, mm-hmm. help with accountability, but there's something about negotiated accountability. That what's That's part of the – explain that's, that. Yeah, that's part of the McGregor process is really mm-hmm. negotiated accountability. And – Negotiated accountability is effective accountability. If I tell you to do this by Tuesday, it's me saying you got to do this. But if I say to you, Paul, hey, we've got this project we need to do. Uh, when can you when you can you put it into play? When do you think you can legitimately have this done? And then you say, ah, you know, how about Tuesday? Well, I had Tuesday in mind all along, uh-huh. but now you have the 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 sensation of picking that out. Right. Um, you know, when when you have the choice. It makes a difference. I was reading a study today about uh, people in a nursing home, and when they have some sense of control over the decisions made in the nursing home about their life, their daily activity. I mean, they're in a nursing home. They can't get out. Mm -hmm. Um, But when they have a better sense of control and they have more decisions, guess what? Their life expectancy is longer. Really? And, and it just goes to show you that when you have a sense of control over your life, you feel like, well, you know, I'm going to stay around longer. But I'm convinced when people don't have a sense of control, there's kind, of, there's kind of a give up. There's and and we're seeing and I'm and I may be extrapolating too much information from that study, uh-huh. but I think that's important. I mean, we know that from the study, when people have control of their choices, that guess what, they, they live longer in a nursing home. Uh, I think the same thing with an organization. When you give your employees more choices, guess what, they live longer in the organization. They mm-hmm. people don't quit an organization; they quit a manager. So if you don't give them the choice, then they just go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to go elsewhere. And I just think uh, so. Negotiated accountability is between you and the manager, you and the employee. You make the choice, and uh, you come to a conclusion that you both agree upon, and uh, you can hold each other accountable for it. Now, now one of the other things is effective peer support. Mm-hmm. That is that um, every team member or just people at your level. How's that? How's well, McGregor talk about that. Yeah, I mean that's that's the key is the McGregor modeling. He talks about it when you read the article. There's a number of times where they have team meetings, and the team meetings are actually led by the peers or led by uh, the employees of this manager. And so they're really talking about you know negotiating accountability amongst themselves as peers. 
So it's self it's self initiated and self sustaining. And I just think that's such a, an incredibly powerful concept that teams can be uniquely able to operate on their own. Mm-hmm. And and you can do that with this model. And uh, and it's just a co- it's basically a coaching model for operational aspects is really the way it's put together. But it's just a great great tool. It's a great great model. Now, just not to derail too much, but mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone has noticed in this podcast. I will say every once in a while, like subordinates or. Mm-hmm. And you'll always say team members mm. because your idea is that mm-hmm. really everyone's a peer anyway, right? Right. Explain that a little bit because I, mm-hmm. you talked to, I think we were off the air one time and you told me a little bit about that. Right. But it's just, I, I think that's just, that's part of my vernacular now yeah. is using the term team member. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like, I don't like coachy. And so I, I prefer the term team member when we're talking about people that are working together. Right. And particularly if you're coaching them, that's, you know, that's your team member. Um, that you're working with and how do you help them improve? Just like a coach, you know, for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a great win today. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, as people can see, I'm still wearing red. Right. But um, you're working with that team member. And I just think it's so important to have that sense of respect and, and reverence for another human being that you're working with that they're a team member, that we're in this together. Yeah. And I think the other shared su- success. Shared success. But I, you know, just like when I wrote the book, My Best Boss Ever, one of my favorite quotes I ever got from that is, my best boss was more interested in promoting me than promoting myself. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can do that as a manager, truly be focused on your team member's success, uh, guess what? They're going to be incredibly loyal to you. So so McGregor must have known this a little bit because of the peers mm-hmm. keeping each other accountable. Right. He well. recognized that if he, he moved those decisions down to the areas that were closest to the decision and they could, in fact use the resources of the organization more effectively and more efficiently that the organization would perform higher. Guess what? It did. And they had higher performance. Uh, one, one of the concepts that McGregor did was that weekly meeting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people hate meetings. <laughs> they do. So <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell us how this one was productive. Well, let me ask you this. Um, you've, you've worked with a whole host of organizations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and if you're in a meeting – and you have no control of that meeting, and you're just a passive participant. Mm-hmm. What's your level of, of enjoyment in that meeting? I, I can think of an organization where that was every day. Right. Um, it, it it was not very empowering. Right. Very frustrating. Right. Very yeah. frustrating. Very disempowering. Yes. But right here, guess what? The 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 team members run the meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, McGregor doesn't run the meeting. He just asks questions. What did you do? What did you, what had happened here? And that's just an incredibly powerful way to lead is to do that, is to ask those questions and allow the peers to run those meetings. And then all of a sudden you get, an, you get engagement, you get involvement, and they're the ones that are driving the organization. It's their ideas. It's not your ideas. And all of a sudden people love to implement their ideas. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a concept that, that seems to be more popular now called stand-ups. Mm-hmm. And this seems like a very similar concept. Right. Let's get together and check in right. as opposed to a long, boring meeting where someone's right. lecturing to you. Absolutely. And I work with a lot of clients where we talk about stand-ups. Some of my clients call them huddles mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. be five or 10 minutes in the morning. And I encourage them even in that regard, do everything that you can to have employees run those meetings. You know, obviously you're there, you're present, all of that, but have them run the meetings. If there's a certain idea that you want them to have, then have that, have, an, have a team member that's an expert in that particular area present that idea. Now, planning was another top priority mm-hmm. for McGregor. Right. Um, I spoke to someone who's new to an organization, and this organization that 
she's a part of. Mm-hmm. Everyone is part of the decision making. Mm-hmm. Okay, very collaborative. Very collaborative, very supportive. Right. But so much that there's not a lot of planning going on. Mm. There's not a lot of let me uh, take the uh, initiative and do that planning. Mm-hmm. She asked me for some advice. I said, well, the most important thing is to try to put the Gather the plan mm-hmm. and then try to get people on board. Right. What would McGregor say to that? Well, I that think challenge. That, yeah, I think I'm not. Maybe quite, I, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just I no, didn't I know think, what to tell her. Right. I, I think McGregor would um, say have a team and a collaborative approach. But f- for the prospect of that is um, what I'm hearing you say from the organization is. They're very focused on action steps, but not very focused on where they're going That's with those action exactly steps. Exactly right. And and what you need to do, and if you want to do that, if you want to be collaborative, then you know maybe take a day out. And and all organizations do this when they do strategic planning, which is really for all intents and purposes operational planning. But do you know get a planning day? All right, here's our here's our four or five top priorities that we want to accomplish this year. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? How are we going to measure success? What are our goals? What are going to be our action steps? What are going to be our processes? And, the, and, and then have them written down and put them up on a wall and in a, a plan that everybody sees them mm-hmm. and says, this is what we're going to focus on. And I think from my perspective, I see organizations are more effective when they do that. But even when I do the when I do, I do strategic planning, uh, consulting and facilitation for organizations. And when I do that, it's really driven by uh, the team members. You know, the, I'll work with the CEO. We'll set the agenda. Then we'll get that agenda and we'll put it together. We'll give it all to the team members and say, okay, this particular area, you're going to do a presentation to the board about this. And the reason we do that is so that the board gets a chance to see, is there is there a team member, if the CEO moves on, is there a team member that we work with that has good skills that can, in fact, be that member that might lead the organization down the road? Because I think they should see those, uh, see those folks. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just a, a very, very important key. But making planning your top priority is so critically important. And, and the, the situation when you talked about this person that says works in an organization that, you know, they're just action focused and not plan focused. They're going to get to a point where they're going to go, oops, we went down the wrong path. Right. We went down the wrong alley and all of a sudden we're stuck. we got to backtrack. Well, it seems like a good plan is actually negotiated accountability. It is. And you could have a plan mm-hmm. to progress, but really you're make a commitment to other people that you're going to do this. Right. And that that's kind of what I told this person because their, their organization is very, um, very collaborative and they mm-hmm. want to make sure everyone's involved. Right. Well, and that's a great model. It's, it's a good model. Sometimes you have too many chefs in the kitchen though. Mm-hmm. And, um, McGregor reminds us to make sure that your planning is your top priority. Right. And you know, he, McGregor sets the big picture. Mm-hmm. These are the things we got to do. We got to run our refineries is his challenge in his organization. So he sets the big picture and he's, and he asked the big questions, but he, those operational issues on the down, down path, you know, down line, those employees will do that. So that's such an important key to, to do that. So the next episode same time, same <laughs> channel. <laughs> um, boy, I'm showing my age when I do that, right? You, you are going to be talking to uh, Mike Bray about right. how he's implemented um, the McGregor ideas, the the principles from this article that right. everybody, you have homework, folks. You need to go and read this article. <laughs> right. But the, but the great thing about this article is it's a great tool to give to your management team if they're not embracing the concepts of coaching. It gives them a great way to look at this and to say, how can I manage more effectively? How can I lead the organization more effectively? How can I 
you know, empower my folks to be at their full potential. And because the thing is, it's much better to have if you've got a team of 12 mm-hmm. and you're trying to do it all yourself, that's one out of you're only doing one twelfth of the capacity of the brain power in the organization. Let's face it. And even when I was a CEO, I wasn't that much smarter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my te- employees would tell me that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would make that's stupid good. mistakes yeah. and they would say, hey, that was a mistake. And I'd say, you know what? You're right. Um, so my philosophy always was, even though I wasn't formally taught this model back then i kind of knew in in my heart that this is the way to do it i just couldn't articulate it and these great authors like john whitmore and coaching for performance or peter chi and jack canfield and coaching for breakthrough success they were able to articulate how to coach more effectively take the mcgregor model to even a higher Mm -hmm. level so that we could all use those because i really think this is the key you've got to out coach your competition Mm. and if you don't out coach your competition you're going to be you're going to be just like them but when my clients that I work with, they outcoach their competition, and guess what? They get better results. They win. Yeah, they win. And so I'm not an expense. It really, truly comes out to I'm not an expense in the organization. Once they work with me about 18 months to two years, they see, whoa, we're getting much more out of this yeah. than what we what we paid to get to get involved with it. So what should folks be listening for next episode Absolutely, we're in your interview? We're going to interview Mike uh, Bray and mm-hmm. uh, talk about how he uh, was resistant to the McGregor model, how he adopted it, how he used it, and how it made the trajectory of his career much greater. I mean, he just really, as an executive, took off after he started using this model. And be looking for the link of the model in the description of this right. episode. In the meantime, how can people get a hold of you? Well, there's there's two things I want to uh, you know kind of leave people with. They can truly go to my website, uh, RoyRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. But I also have a new program that I'm really excited about, and it is Coaching Skills for Winning Managers. It's an online LMS system. Uh, it's a 52-week uh, learning program where managers can truly you know kind of get a piecemeal approach to learning these skills and I put it in an LMS so organizations can do it anywhere and I will literally give away a free copy to a company so if a company wants Great. to to look at it and see if it would work for them just contact us uh, we'll give you a free seat try it out with some uh, you know a coach a manager that you want to learn how to coach and ta-da, they can try it and it's on your website and the other website is uh, coachingmanager.university okay so Excellent. they can go there And I'm assuming we'll be talking more about that in the future. Many, many times. (laughs) Very good. Very good. All right. Well, thank you very much, Rory. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRoland.com.